Hi, I'm Dan Young, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we are back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. And we are joined for this special emergency episode. Well, kind of emergency. We weren't going to do a show this week, but we decided that we had to with the breaking news that happened on Sunday. So to cover all of this, delighted to say we are joined by a man that's seen a few managers come and go at East Fife, covered the team for many years for the East Fife Mail. Welcome, making his show debut, Scott Ingalls. Welcome, thank Scott. You all, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for, for joining us today. And yes, the, the news a lot of folk have waited for for the whole season finally came at the weekend. Darren Young has been relieved of his duties at Bayview. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the events leading up to it. We're going to have a little bit of a a chat about the future. And yeah, we'll just see where this show takes us. But before we get into any of that, let's hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well... It is a football show after all. So thanks as always to our sponsors, East Fife Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson from Glenrothes. We're also going to de- dedicate this episode in the memory of East Fife fan uh, George Craig, who passed away last week. And we just wanted to pass on all our best wishes to, to George for his, George's family. So let's get into the football chat now. And you can tell that it's a big show because I only come out for the big shows and I'm back this week. I was going to be back anyway because the MLS season, from a Whitecaps point of view, is now finished. They got knocked out of the playoffs. Uh, I think Ryan Gall took Doug's abuse last week personally and just did not perform at all in the game on Saturday. So maybe Doug had had something there. And Johnny Russell wasn't that good in the game either. So maybe Doug did have a point last week. He didn't. I was going to edit all that out, but I thought I'll keep it in, let people just know how bad his takes are. But yeah, it's been a big, big breaking news weekend. 
I've got to go to Lee first. How does it feel to lose two managers in one weekend? Yeah, um, it was kind of like one after the other almost um, in terms of, I think the Ollie one was kind of expected after getting royally hammered by um, Watford. And, you know, I think that the, the Clyde result, I didn't think that was going to be the one that, that broke the camel's back. I thought personally that was potentially going to be a few weeks ago, but from from what I understand, I didn't see the game that the the, the manner in which we lost um, was pretty bad, and how we lost the game. Mm. So I think that that's maybe just do you want to know what zero points um, out of six available against the team that are just above us um, was probably just enough to make the directors go right. This isn't going in the direction that we wanted it to. I think that the Cove result and the the Dumbarton one, you know, the, the, bear in mind the Dumbarton team were pretty depleted, but um, I think they potentially. Gave bought down another couple of weeks, but ultimately it wasn't enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on the the Clyde game shortly. I watched the the highlights of that just before we recorded this this morning, and I don't think they were that bad in it. But we'll we'll come to that. I mean, Doug, are you surprised at the timing of it, or the fact that they did lose to the team directly above them? They now sit five points adrift. Did this, no matter how the team played, did this result basically? mean they needed something to try and spark some new life into this? Look, fair, fair play to the board. We, we've kind of talked about how we weren't sure whether they would make the call to do it. Um, I think what's what's maybe, you know, slightly, I mean, I, we, we're all, I think we're all darn young fans and it's, it's, it's very sad to see him go in terms of what he's done for the club in the last few years. I, th- I think when you looked at it with half an hour to go, you know, we were winning, Dumbarton were losing, Peter Herbert losing, and then everything, it was almost like everything just went, you know, stuff you down, you're out, because it was like mm-hmm. goal, 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 Dumbarton goal, Peter Head, and suddenly you're like, you're five points adrift and you're six and you're seven of, of the above, which made it, which made it almost, almost untenable. I think it got, it, it did get to that stage and I, as I say, I'm I'm not one to jump on that, like desperately wanting them out, but I think it got to that stage when you look at now the league table as it stands, you are cut adrift and you are in a wee bit of like serious bother. So it's it's tough how it's worked out, but that's football and I think I think I'll and I'll touch on it later, I think it's the right call. Hmm. Now, Scott, we'll chat to you for a, a bit here, because mm-hmm. I kinda joked off the top, but I mean you have been covering the team for how many years is it now? I was trying to work this out earlier in this afternoon, actually. I reckon this is probably my 16th season. Wow. 15 or 16. The first season I really kind of started doing it was the season that they got promoted under Dave Bakey. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty nice season. season to start off yeah. things, isn't it? Yeah. It all went downhill that after that. Yeah. Your right. fault, Scott, maybe. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. Well, I mean, I guess not all downhill because there was another championship in that. It's like I, I always joke, like when I came over here to Vancouver, the first season I spent watching the Whitecaps, East Fife won the championship and the Whitecaps won a championship and that's the last championship they've won. So it's like, I was like, oh, I'm coming to watch a good team. Then it's been crap ever since. Few highs and lows along the way. I mean, East Fife's always going to be a team that, that's up and down. And I mean, this was a season of ups and downs and... It, mainly downs by the fact that we are down the bottom of the table. Were you surprised at the timing of this one, Scott? When did you first get wind that that Dan was going to be on the outs? 
Well, we spoke to Darren after the game on Saturday, mm. um, after the Kai game, and he was speaking about the, the Banksy D game at the weekend. Maybe just because he was asked about it. I don't know if he maybe had a, an idea at that point that that could have been his last game. Um, having the cup game on Saturday possibly gives the board a little bit more time to, to bring in a replacement for Darren, so that was maybe in their thinking. Um, but yeah, just on, on a on a completely professional level, uh, very disappointed to see Darren go. I think you said you know everybody's a, a Darren Young fan, and I think Lee maybe tweeted something over the weekend saying that um, there was no kind of celebration amongst his five supporters that he's gone. So. I think that kind of tells its own story about you know the sort of impact that Darren had and the, the connection that he built up with the club and the fans. After the game, I, I watched Darren's uh, post-game thing this, this morning on his 5 TV and it came across to me that he sounded exasperated at how things had played out, but he also sounded a little bit defeated. Did, did you kind of get that from chatting to him? I think he's kind of frustrated a few of the things that happened. They put themselves in such a good position on Saturday. And as you said, they played well. They did play well on Saturday. Um, they had a stone wall penalty turned down. And I yeah. know that fans kind of roll their eyes when people start making excuses about things that didn't go their way. But there was a handball in the first half that was a stone wall. I, know, I mean, the I guy's jumping with both his arms yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not down at his body or nothing. It's an unnatural position. It was a penalty. There was also a suggestion that Ryan Wallace took a shove as well in the first half. But despite that, they get a really good goal through Kyle Connor. I thought Arne Dunsmore was, was looking good on Saturday. He creates it with a shot. And then they just capitulate and within the space of two minutes, they're 2-1 they're down. Um, and it's no surprise Darren's kind of exacerbated after after that because he's thinking, well, what else can I do? If I put a team out, go ahead, despite the fact we've had a few things go against us. And then within the space of two minutes, we find ourselves down chasing the game and then of course they got a third goal as you so often see in these kind of games yeah i mean they've done so well to kind of get themselves back in into the mix because if they'd beaten clyde on saturday they were off the bottom and there, there was an old coach here carol robinson former welsh international and he got pilloried because he often said after matches oh football's a game of fine lines and that was the thing that followed him around. Oh, fine lines, fine lines. But it, it, it's true. A, a win on Saturday, he's fives off the bottom. And there's a bit of a feel-good factor going, and you're like, hey, we can do this. And it, it's just two goals in two minutes. That's the fine lines. And then as Doug talked about, all these other teams banging, banging goals in as well. And like looking at, at the game just from the highlights... Now, I know highlights can be cut to to make it look that one team's dominant or whatever, but the first three quarters of that game, East Fife appeared dominant to me. Yeah, and it's first half, so many chances that they just didn't take. They were using the, the wings well, they had good width. They were, the delivery maybe wasn't great, the finishing could have been a, a bit more clinical, Stonewall penalty, I mean, every day of the week, the Whitecaps got one for pretty much exactly the same thing in their game on Saturday with the guy jumping with his arms out and it's not a natural position. And then you go in at half time and you're thinking, oh, are they going to rue not taking their chances? And they, they go ahead in the 57th minute, Kyle Connell, it's a scrappy goal, but it's like you've got to be able to, to take a chance like that that comes to you. 1-0 up and... I said to my wife as I was watching the highlights, I don't understand what's happening here because we've lost 3-1 and we're dominant 
and we're 1-0 up and we're approaching the midway point of the second half because I hadn't actually looked to see when Clyde had scored. I just looked at the result on Saturday and thought, oh, do I know any more about that for a couple of days? I'll watch the highlights later. Then you watch it play out and it's like, bang, David Goodwillie, 1-1, Ross Cunningham, 2-1, and then the counter-attack to make it 3-1. It was never a 3-1 game, Scott. And no, it wasn't. It was clinical finishing from Clyde in the end, I, I think. And you've got to tip your hat to them. But they, it was that goal from Goodwillie that just somehow brought a spark to them. And East Fife just disappeared out of that. I, I, I still don't know how they capitulated so much in the final quarter of that. That's Clyde's first win since they beat us at Bayview. Wow. I, I, I also think, Michael, that's, that sums up our season in terms of, you know, looking decent in games and you lose a goal and the fragility in the squad and the confidence is so easily drained far too quickly. I mean, for me, you lose a goal to go one all. It's like, right, keep it tight. Keep, you know, do whatever you need to do to stay in this game for the next five, ten minutes. And that inability we've got or we've had in most of the season where it's like, goal after goal in quick succession is a real sign of a team that's really struggling. And I think that was what, for me, I mean, I I didn't watch the game, but just even seeing that, like, you know, goal, goal, it's like, that's what we did at Montrose. We've done it countless times this season. And that that's your problem. That That's where the board have had to make a call, I, I think, because you can't have a team who are doing well who have a setback and it crushes them. And and there's something there that's not right, whether it's at the helm or, you know, leaders on the pitch like we've talked about all season. There's something there that you're going, there's a problem. And, and it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen at any level. And to, to just very weakly, very easily succumb to defeat is has been the story of the season. And it's it eventually it has to come to a point or it has to come to a head where you go, something's not right. I mean, Lee, I, I think that is a very key aspect for this team. I, I know they were playing Clyde and Clyde didn't look great, but they played some nice football and they were building it up well and it, you're thinking, oh, there's a makings of a team here. But you, you've got to get to the bottom of this mentality is it just that the players aren't good enough? Can't they defend? Some of Dan's comments after the game, I just jotted them down. He said, to lose the goals in the manner we did was a joke. He said it was too easy and it was sickening. And he's not wrong. But how do you fix that? And that's why I've got some actual sympathy for Darren here. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to lose your job on the back of the team just switching off and not defending is tough. Look, I think that, you know, Darren's not setting the team out to, to go out and play shite. You, he's not setting them up to to go in and and basically have our asses made of fiberglass. You know, he, he's setting the team up with, the, with what he's got, you know, without trying to sound like Billy Brown here, you know, what he's got and all, all he's had all season. And, it, you know, it's up to them in the park. And, and, and I think that the players have got to take a lot of accountability, you know, yeah. without trying to sound like what Man United and Harry Maguire and all these players coming out and saying that there's been a lot of silence from these five players. Not one of them have come out um, and sort of said, oh, thanks to the gaffer or anything like that that I've seen anyway. 
Um, maybe they're just not into that sort of Premier League sort of trend, uh, blah, 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 etc. But, you know, if, you do begin to wonder if they had sort of lost faith in him um, and maybe the messages weren't really sinking in and it's probably time for a, a new voice. Um, there's only so often that you can see the same things happening and, and nothing changing. Um, you know that are poor away form, conceding from set pieces constantly. Um, you know our biscuit ashes going every time that we concede a goal. You know there's there's only so many things of that before you've got to say right, okay, there's there's, there's one direction that we need to look in here, and that's the leadership. Now whether that be like Doug says on the park or whether that it's from the sidelines. And I've said before, you know, a lot of the time the side the sidelines, apart from Stevie Frail and Tony McMinn when he was there, constant vocals from them. You've very rarely seen anything from Darren. Um, you know, almost like schoolboy at times, like kicking the ground or hands in his pockets or whatever. And you, and you just wonder if it's just like if that's indicative of leadership. Um, but obviously, we don't know. We're not the players. We're, we're we don't know the answer to that. But looking from the outside in, I could understand why that's potentially the mentality. But if we're going to ask, if we've got Scott on, I mean, you're a Pars fan, um, don't lynch Scott for that. Um, <laughs> it's not been, a, mean, not been a good year for Scott watching oh, football. At least Scotland are good, mate. Um, but you've got to, th- I mean, look at the, the surgeons in Dunfermline since Yogi's went in. Somebody that's got that bit of charisma, bit between the teeth, um, and he's going in and Dunfermline looked like a team possessed you know I was watching their highlights yesterday just looked like a completely different outfit and that's what gives me hope because look is our team the, the best team in the league? No do I believe that ultimately we're, we've got better players than Clyde and Peterhead? I do and what I think that we've got is now is a chance while the gap's five points and we've still got Clyde to play twice and Peterhead to play three times and you know there's still a lot of football to be played that at this opportunity, you know, chances are that if we make a change and it's the right one, and that's that's it's key, it's got to be the right choice. They've still got a chance. Yeah, and there's no there's no need to rush into it either, which I I think is the good thing. But Scott, if if you look at re- recent results, it felt like the team had turned a corner. That's how I was kind of looking at it from afar. But then I was delving into it before we recorded today. And it's like, had they really? Because in the last five games heading into this, it was two wins, a draw and two defeats. You're you're looking at it and the question is, had they turned a corner? Were, were those wins, albeit at home, the what we should be expecting from this team? Or were they the outliers, do, do you feel, Scott? And what we've been seeing from the away performances is more where this team is at, or is it somewhere in the middle? No, I think you're you're right. They, they almost threatened to turn the corner a few times, and you know they got the win against Cove, and you think, right, go and build on this now, and they couldn't. And then you know they, I thought they were terrific through it for Hill against Queens Park, a really good Queens Park team, and I thought he's five for. You know they had to take a bit of pressure, but I thought they did well. They get the point, a totally deserved point. And you could see the lift at that late goal give the players, and you think, right, that's the game now that will, you know, steer them in, the, in a different direction. And it just never quite happened. Um, looking at the Clyde game, it's all ifs, buts, and maybes. But I think had they, they had held on to that game, I think they'll beat Banksy D in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. 
then is it Aloha at home the week after that at Bayview? Yeah. And given the home form, I think they would go into that game and win that game as well. So, And, and Aloha is a team that could easily get dragged into a relegation battle when you look at the table. But equally, they're hitting form. Mm. They have like started to put some, some decent results together. Um, so, to yeah. be honest, it, it's typical of the league just now that everybody seems to be beating each other except from us. Um, yeah, but we need call. to string results together. It's like getting a win here and then losing the next week or drawing the next week does nothing. You need momentum. You need a little bit of form to dig out of the hole. Like if you're mid-table just now, that's fine. It keeps you mid-table. But when you need to climb the table, you need to string results together. The, the, pro- the problem is for me, the pressure we put on our home performances is ridiculous. And that, that's been the problem for... A long, long time. You cannot bank on winning home games. And I know everyone says, you know, make your, your home stadium the fortress or whatever. But unless you're winning your home games every time, if you're losing your away games, you know, because everyone talks about if you pick up points or here or there, at the end of the day, if you win a home and lose away, it's better than two draws, obviously. But it puts so much pressure on your home form. And if you're not quite at it and you can't consistently do that, our away form in the last we've touched it every week, is abysmal. I mean, it's there's no pulling punches here. It's horrific. And you can't, you just can't keep doing that. And it, it, it's, it has got to the stage where I don't feel at the moment we're good enough to consistently win and win and win at Bayview. So you've got to pick, you've got to do something away from home. And we just, we just can't do it at the moment. And it's, it's not enough to see. It's not enough to stay up. As simple as that. You you you'll get relegated doing that. Yeah. You've, when was you've... the last time we won away from home? Oh, Forfa. Yeah, Very possibly. I think. I think yeah. yeah. In the snow. Yeah. I mean, we've not won an away game this season, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it would uh, be Forfa, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I mean, I also think pre-Forfa there was a long run of games. It's just. We can't put the finger on it. We've tried every week. Every week we discuss, you know, what can we do about this away form? I mean, Christ, we touched on COVID regulations being a reason for doing it. anything. We, we, we tried any feasible explanation in the book and we couldn't come up with one. But it's not our job to come up with one. And it's the job of the management. And we've, sadly, he's not managed to, to, to turn it around and that's what's cost him his job. And look, up, before we go into anything else, right, because... I've heard that Dan listens to the show, and in none of the, the, the you know the, the the conversations from us, whether it be at social media or on here, was ever personal. The experiences that we had with Darren when he did the show and been at the beginning um, were great. Really, really nice guy. I'm glad it didn't work out for him. We supported him a lot longer than a lot of fans did. Um, we got absolutely hammered for it. Darren Young Appreciation Society a lot, but I think that equally we appreciated everything that he'd done and he'd given us in his time here. And I still do that. You know, I've said that on social media. As an East Fife manager has given me the best East Fife performances I've seen in my lifetime. So he's got to be credited for that. And, and, and echoing what Scott said about my comment at the weekend, I'm really pleased to see that there was no actual fans like about time or any of that nonsense or anything that was really horrible and personal that you seem to see with, with, with larger clubs. You know, we're, we're all grateful for what he's done, but time was definitely right to move on. And by the way, some of the names that I've heard that have applied um, or 
you know, I, I even seen Mixu Pataline in at the Cove game. Um, and I've heard that he's interested in the job. You know, there's there's some big names that I think could potentially be linked that come in last. Interesting. We'll get to that in a in a sec. Uh, sorry, Michael. I I also genuinely think I would not be surprised to see Darren Young manage at a way better level than his five in the coming yeah. years. I, I just think it's it's ultimately not worked out, but I think there's a very, very, very good manager there and there's a potential for him to be a really good manager at a much better level than us. It's just whether, whether as we talked about, it's board constraints or cash or whatever has ultimately you know led to things struggling. But I, I totally echo what Lee's saying. This is a guy that's broken a Wraith Rovers hoodoo that lasted my lifetime as an East fight, and even that alone makes him right up there with the Archibald kind of, you know, top managers in my time comfortably. And I, th- I think, I hope that he comes out of this with his head held high because I know that 90% of these five fans can only wish him well. And actually, while all this was going on, we're just so hopeful that he would turn it around. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was, I had that total mixture of being really gutted, really gutted when I heard he'd been sacked. And, you know that kind of well, maybe it's for the best or whatever, but but the the overriding feeling was sadness. To be totally honest, they'd gone. I mean, Scott, sixteen years covering the team, yeah, too many managers probably to count. Uh, I was trying to work out in my head quickly just now after you said sixteen. How many I could that probably would be. do the majority it of them? Feels like sixteen managers almost. But I mean, where do you see Darren in the time that you've covered the team? Like his team, how they went out. Not so much him as a person, but just how his teams were. Where do you put him in amongst those managers that, that you've covered the team under? I think it's worth pointing out before I speak about that is in my time covering these five, I have never known the club to come into the start of a league season after so much disruption towards the end of pre-season and the beginning of the season. And you can trace it back to the sort of Mark McGuigan episode. Mm. I'm sure Darren won't mind if, if he listens to this now that he's no longer at the club, but I know that he's a player that he's he's been keen on for a while and tried to get in before. Eventually gets him and he leaves before the ball's even kicked. Um, you then have Danny Swanson getting his injury and I'm pretty convinced that Darren would have seen him as a straight replacement for Scott Agnew in that sort of creative position. Then have Ryan Wallace taking a break from the game for personal reasons to, to build up his company, I think. So going into the Queen's Park game, first game of the season, you're without your two strikers, I'm convinced that they would have started McGuigan and Wallace up front and you're without your main creative outlet and that's that's going to cause you damage. You've then lost behind that Ross Davidson, I think, was out at that stage as well. So he had a lot to cope with from a very early stage and I think that kind of just it hampered any momentum that they were ever going to get. So he was kind of, you know, putting, you know, swimming against the tide really from, from the first game, I think. In terms of his teams, I've always thought they were very hard working. I think he's he likes a kind of big lad up front, whether that's Anton Dowds or, or Mark Wigigan. I think he's always been keen on partnering a, a smaller striker with a, um, a bigger striker. And I think that's worked well for him. Yeah, I like that as well. It's something I always think works really well. And I, I like going with two strikers. There's not a lot of managers that, that kind of go that, that way anymore. And... I, I had a look in transfer market, so if these stats aren't right, 
blame transfer market. But it said Darren was appointed June 2017. So he was in charge for 175 games at Bayview across all competitions. That's 1,632 days in charge, which is pretty pretty good for a manager at, at lower levels. Out of those 175 games, he won 65, he drew 25, and he lost 85. So he took points in five more games and he didn't take points in. Overall, it's a winning percentage of 37.14. Now, when you look back at his time at Albion Rovers, his winning percentage there was 37.89. So it's pretty much identical. So do you see that as a, as a good win record, Lee? say 38% or do you need to be doing that at a higher level really to, to have the success that you need to have as a manager I think as in his fifth manager 37% is actually <laughs> alright um, given you know our stature in the game you know we're not going to win every week he's winning more than one in three um, so really um, you know his, his record speaks for itself and you know again the Rovers wins, the scalping of the, the teams higher up um, in the leagues than us, the cup runs. You know, Darren's tenure at East Fife, in my opinion, will only be remembered by how well we performed. Um, this season has been an anomaly. I think he's had a lot to contend with as much as injuries and, you know, the, the supposed budget mix-up at the start of the season. But equally, you Football's a results-based industry, and and this season it's it's just not been enough for him. Doug, one in three wins, over fifty percent games taking points from. It doesn't sound that bad. Oh look, I think at this level there won't be that many managers who've had way better, and if they have, they won't be at the club they were at to get that record. I mean, I think, you know, you, you, you put in the draws with that as well. It's not just a case of wins only, it's avoiding defeats as well. Yeah, again, echoing what Lee said, I mean, it's he's been, a, he's been a very, very good manager for us. Simple as that. You'll not... You, it would be strange to look back at it as an East Fife fan with anything other than positive things. I mean, I, I think he's too classy a guy to say it, but maybe there was, like we've speculated before maybe there was more going on in terms of budgets blah 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 that's made this season very difficult for him but yeah it's just a huge hope that he goes on to better things because I think I think he's, he's he's a classy guy and he speaks very well and yeah I, I, I've, I've nothing but good thoughts for him and I just I just I hope this isn't a, a big setback for him because I, I think he's I think he is destined for better things, personally. Well, I, I think that he could end up at Kelty. There's a very good chance of that because Kevin Thompson is rumoured to be going in at Rangers as part of Geo's team. And, I mean, there's a good chance that, that Kelty could look at Darren. Um, but I think that there's there's every chance they'll have some other former Rangers, play like Kenny Miller or something like that, that'll end up mm. in there. I was going to ask you guys what you think Darren will do next because there's obviously there's a number of options. He he might want to take a little bit of time away from the game or he might want to get straight back into it. If he gets straight back into it, does he drop down to League 2 level? Does he see the the possibility of taking a, an ambitious team that's in non-league 
and maybe trying <clears> to take <throat> them up through the ranks and also considering that he stays I guess any team in the central belt or out east or west is possibilities for him. Or do you see him maybe going to a bigger team as an assistant and getting a little bit more experience that way? But then it's always hard to go from being a man that you've been the guy that's done everything to then being a number two to somebody. But if it was the right fit or a right a big team or a team can, that he's got connections I, with. Can I ask a question, Scott, actually? Um, who's a bit more in the know probably in a lot of ways than us. Um, do you think Tony stepping away had a huge impact in in what we've done? Uh, I don't know. I found the timing in that a little bit peculiar, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but if, if he was getting so involved in the other side of things, um, then maybe that was the, the right thing to do. Has it, has it coincided with that or any bad results? Then, yeah, you'd probably say it has. Um has Stephen Frail had a time to come in and sort of help Darn and make a real impact? Then, then possibly not. So um, I found the timing of it strange, but that's that's just the way that things happen, I think. Equally, though, um, being devil's advocate, like Tony was there last year um, for a lot of the like the away form stuff. Like, like Tony's a guy that I, I really really like. He's you know I've got a good relationship with him, um, but you know just being devil's advocate, you know he was there. For a, a large part of the start of the season as well, um, the cups, all that sort of stuff. So, and look, if you if you're looking at it, Stevie Flail is a really experienced guy, and he's come in and he's not been able to iron out the issues. So, I don't think we could really say that the assistant manager or the assistant coach or whatever um, is going to make that much a detriment. Yeah, um, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying in that respect. Lee. I'm more thinking. I, I sometimes wondered whether we were a bit harsh with. You know, looking at Darren on the touchline, and he's not that vocal. And I don't think he ever was. Like, no, but generally... a, lot of, a lot of management teams, it's the number two that is like the yeah. pitbull guy. Because I think, I think generally, when you heard voices at Bayview two, three years ago, it was it was probably Tony more than Darren. Or Lindsay Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, but, he, but you know, he'd be the guy that would kind of be stepping back and just watching it unfold, thinking of what's next, and he's not the guy to. And I sometimes think when you struggle, you start looking for that leader off the park, on the park, again, we've talked about, to be that vocal guy. And I I don't think that's Darren's style anyway. So I, I think that's where I wondered whether he'd lost that kind of hard man or whatever it would be that would be the guy to put the shit up people when they're struggling or, you know, or whatnot. But because um, I know we all thought very highly of Tony in that role but it's um it's you know something's changed obviously i think him leaving it has possibly had a an effect a sort of shift in the the, the, the dynamic that they maybe didn't expect to happen and it's you know it's had a, a worse effect than they anticipated i look back at darren's time as a time as well where he's been really unlucky and i know folk they're always like oh you're just making excuses but you look at, there was a couple of seasons, the team got off to a flying start and going into the final third or the final quarter of the season, they were right up there and promotion was a real possibility, at least the playoffs or whatever. And then it's just a string of results or things like pissing about going to Ireland derails a season. Then you've got the COVID season where they were battling for things and it's like, nope, that derails things. And then... Covid altogether made things a, a bit unusual. He's had a very unlucky 
set of circumstances that he was that close, I think, to taking his Fife to the next level. But maybe he had taken them as far as he could go and it, it is time for, for a fresh start. This result against Clyde, come the end of the season, when we're doing our end of season show, we're going to be talking about this game in particular as being the moment of the season where maybe things have changed. This is either the beginning of the end and we we just cut adrift and we just can't get close that gap or it's been the catalyst for Darren to go and we are now looking at the start of a new beginning. Somebody else comes in, gets a little bit of time maybe to analyse the squad he's got, then you've got a January transfer window to make some additions if possible. Not always easy to do that in the winter thing. So initially, we've got Stephen Frail and Lindsay Hamilton in charge for the the Banks of D game that's coming up at the weekend in the Scottish Cup. Before we get into them, Lee, do you see this Scottish Cup game as a, a nice distraction or is a, is this coming just at the, the wrong time and we need to be more focused on the league? I'm, I'm totally ambivalent towards it, to be honest. Um, priority for me is always and always will be the, the league and survival now. Um, I actually was looking through our, our tweets and I remember making a comment on Twitter in June and I, my words were the, 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 the players that teams around us are signing makes me really worried for the, the season coming up unless we can make some strong additions. Um, and I was kind of chastised for that. Um, and that's that's wrong majorly true and given our, our performance. I, I don't know um, how you were given a hard time for that because to me that was painfully obvious as to you yeah. looked at what everyone else was doing. You knew we were in yeah. trouble this year. Yeah, um, very early on. You know, that was June I said that and, you know, we're, we're almost six months from, from me saying that and I've been bang on. Um, so the, the writing was on the wall fairly early. Um, in terms of the cup, look, I think that, you know, it's, it's a good chance for, because really Stevie Frail and Lindsay Hamilton can't really do much wrong on Saturday because and as a matter of fact, if they lose it, they'll be like, well, we've not got a manager. If they win it, then it's kind of a bit like, oh, well, we should be beating Banks of the Enemy. So they've kind of got a free pass almost. Um, if, if there's anything that Stevie Frail's looking at, then he's thinking, well, maybe I wouldn't have set them up this way. I would prefer to have done this, that, or whatever. Then he's got the opportunity to try it. But it all means, you know, yeah, should be weaker opposition. Um, but equally, he might be looking at this as a chance to stake his claim for the role and he'll be really determined to do it. So it's it's kind of a good distraction um, if I had to pick. Um, but equally, if we go out and get trounced, I, I don't really care. Um, as long as we've got somebody um, in the dugout, for me, that, that manager has to be in the dugout for all of them. Yeah, I do care because I like a good cup run and I love cup football. But that aside... Uh... As Lee says, Doug, this is a chance on a number of counts for Stephen Frail. One, to throw his hat in the ring, to show what he can do with this group of players. But also to to try and experiment a little bit. To I would imagine the club's not going to rush with, with an appointment. I would hope that they're not going to rush and just appoint the first guy with some pedigree that, that throws his, his name out there. I want them to take a little bit of time. So yeah, as Lee says... You would hope that Freo and Hamilton's then in charge for, for the Alloa game, which means 
this game kind of gives them a chance to tinker with a few things or would this work, would this pairing work, would this formation work, would these tactics work? Uh, oh, definitely. I, I think I, I'm not surprised by the timing of the decision given that we've got a cup game. Right. I, I think I think for me, if we'd stuck with Aaron and we'd been, you know, turfed out of the cup by, you know, uh, a sort of junior team or whatever, then you've got that rush before the Aloha game where it's like, you know, who have we got in charge? Who, you know, this this gives the board time for a start. But also, I think we all know or certainly speculate with a little bit of semi-knowledge that we could probably do with a cup run in terms of if you got a, a decent tie and made some money, we could probably do with it. Mm. Um, I, I, I think as Lee summed up perfectly, it's a, it's a complete free hit. I reckon if four or five days ago you'd done a poll to East Five fans of will we beat Banks of D, I, I would generally wonder if it was more if it was above 50-50 in yes that we would. So I think they've got a chance. It's it's a free hit. We don't know if Stevie Israel even wants a job full time, but that's true. He's professional enough and he's been in the game long enough to you know to do the right thing for that game. But I think uh, yeah, it's a free hit. Hopefully we get through, and you know if, if it's in an emphatic manner with the team playing with freedom and confidence or whatever, then yeah, it, it gives him a good nod for for getting it permanently or at least at the end of the season. But no, I think I, I think it's important. I, I think the further we go down, the more games we lose. If if you're struggling in the league, you're out cups. For a fan base, it's it gets very hard to be motivated for the, the rest of the season. So I, I think it's still a very important game, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to define the process of who we pick as next manager, you know, but I, I still think it's it's a big game for us in many ways. Just further to a point that I made earlier on about no players talking about data, um, just got a notification up there about Kevin Smith, obviously captain of the club. Um, if anybody doesn't use Twitter and hasn't seen it, Kevin's come out and said, it's never easy seeing the manager lose his job. I would like to personally thank him for all the hard work he's put in over the last few seasons. Um, and I have no doubt that he'll bounce back. All the best, Gaffer. Everyone at the club must stick together. And I couldn't agree more. Do you shout, Kevin? Mm. Now, Scott, we've seen this so many times in football over the years. A club loses its manager and you get a reaction in the next game. So it is going to be interesting to see how the players respond. It's always kind of irritating as well when they suddenly start playing out their skin because it's like well why didn't you do that under the old manager if you've got that in you is that down to the manager or whatever from what you've seen of Stephen Frail on the touchline do you think he's a realistic person to to take this team forward do you think he would appease some of the fan base or would they just think it's the easy option to go for him well, if Stephen Frail wasn't already at the club and he put in his CV to be the, the next East Fife manager and he got the job, would East Fife fans be particularly disappointed at that appointment? I don't think so. That's a good I point. don't know. I'm getting flashbacks of Billy Brown. You know, like... Um, no, I think Scott's. I think Scott's right. Like, if you were looking for a manager just now and he wasn't at the club, you'd look how excited folk were. Like, oh, we've added Stephen Frail to the management team. Yeah. And he was on off the ball just before he got added to East Fife, and he came across very well in that, Scott. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody who's who's been in the game pretty much since he was, I'd imagine, a, a teenager. 
he's, he's coached at some terrific clubs. He's, I think he's had a couple of spells in charge at Hearts uh, during incredibly turbulent and difficult times. Um, if he became the next East Fife manager, I don't think too many East Fife fans would have too many complaints about that. I think he's certainly certainly got the pedigree. Um, I've never spoken to him once personally, but when he came in, I spoke to Darren about him, obviously, and he said that he was somebody who uh, he expected to learn a lot from and that the players would learn a lot from as well. So he'll obviously have the respect of the, the players. And he's, as I say, he's got a great pedigree in the game. And if he was to be the next East Fife manager, I, 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 wouldn't, I think there'd be too many complaints. I think he's. I think he's got. He's got to be favourite. I mean, you know, with the fact he's he's in situ, he's he's got, you know, the chance to to stake a claim. I mean, I don't know, make the bookie odds or whatever. But I was, I was just literally looking that up yeah, as you were speaking. They're not opening a book. Oh, they're not. They're not that. No, no. no. We're too, too small fry for that. No, I, not I it, or or it's a done deal. They think. No, I, I think I, I think would be stupid to think that he's not the favourite, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think that's he's... He wants it. I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that's very true. That is very true. The interesting thing about bookies, because bookmakers and gambling, it's quite... It's weird over here because it's outlawed in a, in a number of states in America and stuff, and then it's starting to open up a bit more, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing when you see some of the the issues with gambling addiction in, in the UK. But I there's a bookmaker that always send out like the odds for MLS Cup or who's going to do this or whatever. But they've never done a who's going to be the next manager sacked thing. So I got in touch with one of the bookmakers here and said, hey, can you draw up a list of what managers are going to get sacked next? So they did. And folk loved it. So maybe I'll get in touch with them to come up with the next these five manager odds. It'd be a bit random, but yeah. I can stick folk, some money folk, on it. Folk in Canada will not love that. I would imagine. <laughs> well, as you know, that two people bet- betting on it. Last year, we were like, whatever football rated podcast in Canada it was on. Yeah. Rated, I know. And then folks thought, oh, they're just talking pish and board with that. And it's like yeah. life's opened up again. So we're going to stop listening. We were. And you're quite correct. I, I, I can't remember if it was this one or my, my Whitecaps one. It was number 48 in China at one point, And I was like, this is weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, Holidays ago, universally loved. Yeah. <laughs> so this next appointment, it's, this isn't hyperbole. There's, we've got to be honest. It's a massive appointment because if he can keep us up, <clears throat> that is huge. If he can't keep us up, we need it to be somebody that can get us back up as quickly as possible and to be playoff contenders, if not like championship contenders next year in League Two, if worst case scenario, that's where we end up. So we need a guy, in my opinion, that has a good pedigree, but also knows the lower leagues. You could look at guys that's managed just in the the top two divisions. Are they up for this kind of fight? Do they know what it takes? put an experienced number two in maybe with them that, that does know that and that's a whole different story so I, Lee you were tweeting out a number of different options and yeah, I mean like I'll, I'll hand this bit over to you because I, I've seen names floating about I had a quick look at who I thought might be available who I would want who I wouldn't want and you've got a massive list there it's the only massive thing you've got Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't refer to my waistline, Michael, so thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I've been... I couldn't sleep last night, to be honest. I was 
I think that news came a little bit late, um, so it took me a little while, and I was going through loads of different options in my head. I mean, the the, the options that I put forward, um, Stevie Crawford um, is the, the number one voted for by fans with 35%. Um, a combination of a Stevie Frail, Kevin Smith at 28%, um, Greg McDonald um, at 18%, um, and any other was a uh, 19%. So East Fife fans, um, not thinking Greg McDonald's the man, but personally, you know, um, he would be somebody I would like to maybe see, um, even if he came in as Stevie Frail's assistant, or if he if you know Kev Smith pulls the job and Kev Smith gets it, something like that. I would like to see Greg McDonald back in some capacity, but that's probably hard um, overhead sort of scenario. But I've drawn up a list. Now, some of the... The names I've seen on Pine Bovril, some that I've had um, direct message to me, etc. Um, so some of the names that I've I've heard that I've applied, Mitsui Patalainen was probably the biggest name, and I, I dropped that one in earlier. That one, um, Doug's shaking his head. I think it would be one that I would take. You know, pretty well connected guy, loads of experience. Um, I think that he's got the the attitude. You know, he's done the United team, I remember, being excellent. You know, so I, I definitely think he's got the credentials. If you're looking for somebody that's been there and done things, he could probably fit that. Um, the other name that I put out um, that Doug wanted to see because he's Disney Day Twitter is Barry Smith, who is obviously out of a job just now. Barry Smith took over his Fife and ninth and, and then obviously put together a, a string of results. And I think we just missed out on the playoffs that year. Um, obviously then jumped ship to the Wraith, which I think will put a, a lot of fans off. But there's another one. I think, look, it's <laughs> inevitable that, that Kev Smith will apply. You know, guy with loads of experience, current captain, been at us for seven, eight years or whatever it is now. Um, and, I'm sh- and there's a lot of fans shouting for him to get a chance. Um like I said already, I think Greg McDonald will apply. Um, some of the more left field names that are being rumoured, Grant Murray um, has applied, and that could get so far to whatever. Um, you know, we Would you rather have Grant Murray or Gavin Murray? <sighs> I don't know. Probably neither, to be honest. Um, probably just fold. Um, I think the other name that will definitely apply is Ray McKinnon. Um, and again, that's another one, as far as I'm concerned, that I wouldn't really be happy with at all. Um, he's a bit of a snake in the grass, by all means, and I think he would be using us as a as a real stepping stone to try and get back to you know the level that he's managed it before. And there's there's another couple of names that I've written down, and people will be thinking, you know, why are you even mentioning them? There's no chance they'll come to us. But just before I say this, I want to to mention some of the names that we've managed to pull from left field before, obviously Steve Archibald being the big one. I remember when we appointed John Robertson, that was so far left field, nobody saw that coming. Um, And we managed to attract a person like him, Gordon Jury, I managed to attract um, him to to come back and manage us. So before you roll your eyes at some of the suggestions that I'm going to make, bear in mind that these are some that we have made in the past. So, You've got Kenny Miller, who is actively looking to get into management. Um, he's a name that you could probably expect that, you know, he might fancy a chance at cutting his teeth um, at our level. Um, you've then got um, Stuart Kettlewell, um, and you've got the boy Rice that was at Hamilton as well. Any of those, obviously, you're probably fully expecting them to, to want to get into full-time football, but they might be looking at these five job as well. You know, have a look at some of the names that have been there before. Um, and that there might be a bit of a chance for them. 
out of all those, I mean, I'm, I'm open to the suggestion of any of them, really. And you never know, Tony McMinn might fancy his chance at the big job and throw his hat in the ring. Um, some of the suggestions that I've seen on, on social media, though, geez, oh, um, somebody said Gus McPherson, um, and I was a bit like, well, you know, he's currently at Morton, so I don't think he's going to drop down. Somebody also said that we should go balls out for Dick Campbell. I'm like, Dick Campbell, that's, you know, chasing up the the, the championship table where bro, I don't think he's going to come. Um, the other name that I heard was Ross Campbell, um, that a few East Fife fans seem to be touting. Apparently, he's um, widely respected um, in lower leagues and that, you know, apparently Stuart Petrie thinks really highly of him and he, and he credits a lot of their success to, to him and the job that he's doing there. So you've got him, you potentially got Sean Dillon, um, who's obviously doing his coach badges while still playing at Montrose. Would he look to try and make the job permanently? I think there's there's loads. Um, the other name that I mentioned was Gary Naismith, but I'm fully aware that he's contracted to, to Edinburgh City. A load of these five fans asking for, for Gary Naismith to, to come back. Personally, um, as much as I like Gary and I'm very grateful for everything he's done for us, I think had he gone and really made a success with Edinburgh City, I'd been like, you want to know what, let's bring him back. But he's having a pretty tumultuous time there. Um, and I'm not really sure that that's... He took over us in eighth before and got us relegated. Um, albeit he got us back, but it took a few seasons for him to get us back. I'm not really sure that that's the right appointment. But obviously, I'll, I'll come to you guys. Um, I'll go, start with you, Scott, obviously, um, being out with the black and gold tinted specs. Is there any of those names that, that jump out at you? <laughs> The one that I've heard mentioned a couple of times, and you mentioned him first there, I think, was, was Stevie Crawford. Um, he's out of work. He stays locally. I know that he's had a spell at East Fife manager before, but I don't think you can compare the Stevie Crawford then to the Stevie Crawford now. At that point, as I'm sure you remember, he was very much still in his playing career. I think he was kind of shoehorned into that position after Dave Baker left. Um, because he was a Scottish international, let's, let's just get him in and give him this chance. He was, he was probably the right guy at the wrong time. This could potentially be the, the right time for him. I think he's coaching with Gary at Edinburgh City now. Under yeah. contract, I believe, but he, you've got to expect that he'll, he'll want he'll to some. get back to that level. Yeah. And Kevin Smith, obviously currently on the playing squad, a bit like the Stevie Frail situation. Does he want the job? We're speculating. If he does, this has to be his window to get in and try and get the job because if he waits any longer and another guy comes in for a year or two is Kevin Smith still going to be at the club at that point when that manager leaves to come in probably not um, so he's there now Ray McKinnon you, you threw that one out I wouldn't be overly disappointed I've always rated him as a manager but I take on board what you say about him looking to move on to better things but I think at the same time you have to kind of acknowledge the fact that a lot of these managers probably will do um, when you're a success at a club like he's Fife has you found out with Barry Smith, um, the potential's there to go full-time, which is where a lot of these guys want to be, let's be honest. Um, but it's going to be an interesting time. Greg McDonald, I remember his stock being particularly high for a while when he was at um, Stirling Albion, but I can't think of him having a, a job in football since then. And that's He's at Patrick Thistle now. Is he on the coaching staff or, or something? Yeah. There? You know, it's, I, think he's, he's, I think he does the academy team. Yeah. Right. Well, he's another one. I know that he's around Bayview now and again. 
Um, and it might be me that started that mix with Pat Lyon and Rumour because he was sitting in front of me at the Cove game a few weeks ago. So I know he was also at the Dunfermline game the week after that. So he's possibly going around grounds with managers' uh, jackets, maybe on sugarly pegs, just, just in case. Well, I've heard mixtures applied. So, you know, it, it, it could be nonsense, but he's put his name in the hat. Out of all of those names, if I like, Again, my, my black and gold tinted specs, I'm a bit like Kevin Smith, but is that a hat overhead thing? Um, or, you know, a Kevin Smith, Greg McDonald, Salford sort of co-manager job would probably be the thing of wet dreams for me. But, um, you know, realistically, if I'm if I'm wanting to choose somebody that I really think could get us out of it, I'm probably going to say Mixu. <laughs> um, well, they don't do really well at Cowden Beef. They had a, a really good spell at Cowden yeah. Beef, so he obviously knows the, the lower leagues well. I think he's managed pretty much every division in Scotland during his time. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I think it'd be a popular appointment. Doug? Uh, Mixer would be a no for me. Um, so far removed from Scottish football in a long time now. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's been a, he's been manager of Latvia and Hong Kong and he did terrible at Hong yeah. Kong. I, I don't think it's a case of he knows the Scottish game. He maybe knew it 10, 12, etc. years ago. I... So are you saying, Doug, if he came here, we'd definitely be finished? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only positive is the whole, uh, did you put a coupon on? No, I'll mix you put a line on. Uh, that's the only positive. I, I always think Mixu panty lining is what I've always thought of. But... Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I'm not saying if he got appointed, I'd be devastated. I just, I don't know. It's a, there's a sense of desperation from him to get back involved, but. I think he's too far removed for me. Of all the names you said there, I would like to look into the Kenny Miller one. Uh, I've listened to him quite a few times on like Open Goal, and he's very, very keen to get into management in some frame. The bottom line is he's a Scotland international who's played at a very good level. Yeah, he played with the Whitecaps. Obviously, the highest right. level going. Yeah, well, that was his League Two stint. I mean, <laughs> just in terms of... Uh, just in terms of overall experience in the game, I mean, it would be pretty good. I, I would be, I would be fine with that. My only problem with Miller would, I don't think he would just like get him to the end of the season kind of scenario. Um, mm. I, I mean, the obvious choice for me would be like Stevie Freo, Kevin Smith, end of the season. I'm, I'm, I'll throw a proper spanner in the works here. If we get relegated, who's the best man to get us back up? Darren yeah. Young. Yeah, is, yeah. is the problem. Like, like genuinely. As in, if if you said to me we're going down, who's the best man to get us back up? Hundred percent for me, it's him. So that that's where it's a it's a bitter pill to swallow. But look, I don't think there's many names there. Ray McKinnon, no Grant Murray can fuck off. Um, you know, I, I, this Barry Smith, no, he left us to go to the Rovers. Fuck him. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm getting aggressive now. Yeah. No, I, I I think I think we've got to be. I've got to be careful. It's a big, it is a big appointment, but you either say the board either need to go, look, we're in massive trouble financially. We're not, we're very unlikely to turn this around and you give a Kevin Smith a go to the end of the season or a Stevie, you know, and just say, if you turn this around, happy days and there's a two-year contract from then on or Greg McDonald no, or someone like that. You keep saying that we're in massive trouble financially. I don't think we're in financial trouble no, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying we'll be oh no because the board bust. never come and tell us anything and they won't no, no, have no, fan I'm, meetings I'm, and 
I'm not suggesting we're going to go bust. I'm suggesting that we, we're struggling to compete at the moment with teams yeah. around us. And if that's right. the case, it, it's like come, come January, we'll sign players. Well, you know, will we be able to sign players of any form of note? That's the problem. So you need a guy that's going to come in and just be a like massive galvanizer of what he's got there already and hope that's enough. Or or you look at it and go, we think we might go down, therefore we're looking a little bit more ahead to who's going to get us out of League Two. It, it, it's, it's very difficult. And that's where I think for me, as an East Fife fan, if you brought in an East Fife man to the end of the season and give us a wee bit of hope as a fan base, and if you pull it off, fantastic. I mean, how great would it be if Greg McDonald came in or Kevin Smith came in and we stayed up? It would be it would be ama- it would be amazing against the odds, blah blah blah, and then you go forward from there. I just think it's I don't know how left field you go with this. That's the problem. It's it's. I don't envy the board in this state. I think we're it's a very, very tough call. I think what I will say, you know, to give credit to the East Fife board is that by and large, the last few managerial appointments, they've got it right. I think they got it right with Darren Young. I think they got it right with Barry Smith. They got it right with Gary Naismith. You know, he wins a title. The Will H's thing was, was a bit of a mess. Go down the managers, they tend to get it right, the East Fife board. So if they take a week or two, I'd be pretty confident that during that period of time, they'll, they'll sift out the good applicants and make the right appointment. That's what I think they have to do. I think they have to wait because it it is huge. Because you can take a gamble and get someone in to keep us up this season, but then there's no guarantee that they would then want to even hang around for next season. Or if you put in somebody to do that and they don't succeed, are they the guy then to take you out of League Two? From the names that you gave, Lee, I'm always... A, I don't like going back. If if someone's been there before and going back, it, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Whether it's a player that's come back. Like, look at Stevie Kirk. Like, his kind of image at Bayview's a little bit tarnished because of his time when he was in, in charge of the team. Dave Clark, when he came back for the second time, was not the Dave Clark that we saw the first time because the game had changed. Greg McDonald, I don't know. He has done it at this level. How far could he take us? That's not, I guess, a big issue just now. It's just, can he keep us up? So I don't mind that. I also wouldn't mind giving Frail and Hamilton or Kev Smith into that mix as well. A A few games, maybe even to the end of the year, just to see how they do. And then you could maybe make your appointment in January because you still got that window. Do we have that time, Mike? That, that's what I don't know. It's It would all depend on how the results go. So, I mean, you could give them a couple of weeks and if the results are shit, then no, you need to change it now. But you've still got the same players and I don't know if someone can come in and get different results because you have Hughes to look did. at who they're playing. Yeah. But then you're saying, was that a bad Dunfermline team? Or was it just like Peter Grant was a bad manager and couldn't get the best out of them? So do we have a bad East Fife team or do we have a good East Fife team and Darren Young couldn't get the best out of them? Can some come in and get the best out of them? I still think we've got good players. I still think we've got good players. Well, I think they showed against Clyde in the first half. And again, it was against Clyde who looked terrible in that first half. They played nice football. Against Cove, against Queen's Park, um, for large parts of the Airdrie game, 
you know, eh, well, maybe not large parts, but for parts of the Airdrie game, you know, we're, we're matching the teams above us. I think where we're outdone sometimes is tactically set pieces. So I think that there is the opportunity that, that somebody that's been there and done things can can really potentially galvanise us. Now, look, we've got a lot of dead wood in our squad. A few of their contracts will be up in January, which will create some more budget to to, to bring some some more players in. You know, could we be looking at the, you know, bringing somebody in that's maybe got some contacts higher up, you know, somebody like a Kenny Miller um, would be extremely well-connected in, in Scottish football, should Kettlewell, Kettlewell as well. But either of those sort of players, um, sorry, managers would be able to bring in some some um, players with their contacts. And, you know, if a Kenny Miller walks into that dressing room, you, you'll instantly get respect. Instantly. If a Stevie Crawford walks into that dressing room, you'll get instant respect. Um, you know, whether um, you want to agree with me or not, mix with Pat Lynan, you know, he will be able to say, well, I've done this, actually. I've got teams out of this league. I've won a championship with Cowdenbeath um, at, at, at that level as well. Um, a long next time budgets. ago. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You, it, you oh, it does. It does. It does lower, lower league has changed considerably since those days. <laughs> well, I, I think, I mean, Lee, Lee, I, I think for you're me... You're trying to tell me, hold on now, right? So you're trying to tell me now if, say, I don't know, Alex Ferguson's been out of Man United for eight years. They're looking for a manager just now. You're trying to say that Alex Ferguson wouldn't be able to come back in and beat Manchester United the better team. Oh, yeah. just compared Mixu Patalina that. <laughs> no, that's not that's not the point that I'm making. No, I I I, I think I think he then. would I think he'd struggle. He'd get a little mm-hmm. initial bump, but I don't think it'd be the Alex Ferguson of old and he'd tarnish his my, my, my thing is Lee, do you think a Liam Newton guys like that are gonna look at oh Mixu Patalina's coming in? They won't even fucking know who that guy is. It's a long, long time ago he's been involved in Scottish football. Yeah. I am not I'm not I, I've said it earlier, I'm not saying if he got it, I'd be like, Oh, that's horrendous. I just don't get that appointment. I think going back to what you're saying, we just lack confidence, and 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 that new manager boost could be anyone mm-hmm. who comes in and just puffs up the chest of footballers and says, "I believe in you," blah 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 blah. These are cliches. Sometimes that's all it takes, and you can see it when we talk about individual mistakes players are making because they lack confidence. They've been on the beaten end of bad scorelines for a long time now, and it's hard. It's very difficult. Any profession you do if someone if you're taking hit after hit after hit it's so hard to to go out and perform you get that little lift you get a little boost and off you go and it, it'd be a it'd be, it could be a tiny thing could turn our season completely around mm-hmm. i mean I, I didn't mention stevie crawford beforehand i mean i've watched east five for 30 years i think his time at east five was the best football i've seen us play yeah Oh, yeah. possibly. We played some time. nice football. I mean, we we couldn't defend, which is a worry for this current team. But <laughs> it was it was great yeah. to watch. Like it really was. And I, I, I mean, Scott will know more as a, a Dunfermline man. But I, I, I definitely wouldn't be against Crawford coming back. More experience, more savviness about yeah. what what the job entails. I, I, I mean, I would be so much more bored than that than a Pat Linen. So we are ruling out Peter Grant. I take it. Yes, um, another name that I heard applied, Ian Davidson, which I went, <laughs> no, um, massive no. Um, he would get sent off before he'd even signed the contract. I, I, um, I wouldn't. I would genuinely not go and watch his wife again if Ian Davidson same. was job. I, I want to throw a, a name out and then we'll we'll wrap this up. First of all, Kenny Miller, I think would be fantastic in getting the club publicity, yeah, and getting the team out there. Like when John Robertson was his five manager. 
there's a lot more media attention all of a sudden in East Fife because he's got that kind of gravitas in the game. And Kenny Miller, it's a chance for him to, to show he's, he's been an assistant down in the A-League. And funnily enough, under Carl Robinson, the former Whitecats manager. So he's going to have learned stuff down there. I wouldn't be averse to that. I just don't know that he's the kind of guy for the position that we're in right now. Keeping with the White Cats connections, assistant manager at Hearts, former East Five player Gordon Forrest. I don't know that he'd have any interest of leaving a Premier team where he's an assistant to drop down two levels, but maybe he's always been an assistant, apart from when he was in charge of the New Zealand women's national team. So maybe maybe he would fancy this as an opportunity. Local guy as well, knows the club. But the name I want to throw out there, and I don't actually know what he's doing just now, and I had a quick look to see and I couldn't find what he's doing. Stuart Kettlewell. I said that earlier. I think he oh, I think he threw his hat in the ring for the Dunfermline job before John Hughes got it, so mm. he's certainly looking. I, I, McCann, I, another one. Yeah, Martin Canning. Yeah. But uh, Stuart Kettlewell, for me, would be a guy that yeah. what he did with Ross County, they punched above their weight. He had them playing nice football. I know the end didn't go great, but I think he would be a, a good person to look at. And yeah. he knows lower leagues. Yeah, I, th- I think he could do it. I would what, take, what I would about, take Kettlewell a heartbeat. Yeah, definitely. What about um, What about if we give one name each? Of right now, who you want? No. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to go with Kettlewell then. Okay, I'll 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 go Kenny Miller. We'll go to Scott next because Lee's panicking. <laughs> Lee's having a fucking heart attack. Um, I would like to see Stevie Frail and Kevin Smith do well in the games that they've got coming up, and then get it till the end of the season. I wouldn't mind any of these options really so far. So Lee, can you spoil? Ladies and gentlemen, legalist. Oh, Alex Ferguson, he could come in and still do it. Oh, my God, I'm so sure. <laughs> so many people have said on social media today. Um, One of the Neville brothers. Yeah, take either of those. Um, look, it's a total heart versus head thing. Like, my heart is saying, like, Kevin Smith or Greg McDonald. My head. Um, One name. Kenny Miller. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought you would say Greg McDonald. If I was, I'd have lost money. I'd have put money on you going with Greg, Greg McDonald there. Yeah, that's that's I, I, that's the heart. I, I I generally think, in summary of this, for me, I think we're all in agreement. There's three or four guys out there that, if they got the job, would either be delighted or more than happy. You know, whether it's a sort of East Fife connected guy or a guy with experience, and I think whoever gets it now. We've got nothing to lose now to the end of the season. Absolutely nothing. I mean, yep. in all, I think in most of the fans' eyes, no, we're down. No, we've got everything to lose. We're, no, no, it's, no, no, five, it's five points. It's no, five no, I, points. I get that. But, but what I mean is, technically, I, I, it's seven if you want to avoid the playoff relegation. I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think any five fan right now is going. We're def. Oh, we'll definitely be fine. There's no doubt. Nobody's thinking that. I, I think. We need to get the fans back on side. We need to get someone to cheer about. We need to, you know, like, I mean, I, I stupidly last night booked a hotel for Cove, for, for Aberdeen for the Cove game in Boxing Day. And I'm like, what am I doing? Because I've got hope. And uh, and it's ridiculously 
misplaced hope, but I, I've got hope. And I think that's all we can do is we can fight our arses off to stay in this division and hope that we get better from that. But I think any of those names that we're mentioning, I think we would all be probably quite happy with. Somebody's just tweeted me saying, Peter Houston. <sighs> nah. Yeah. The, the, but there's no, the, that's the thing there, there is no right definite right answer there, there's a couple of definite wrong answers but there's no like what if we apply what category do we fall into well we, we, that would be lunacy I, I'd move home for these five job yeah. I haven't told my wife that yet I might be moving home on my own well to yeah. be fair we approached Kenny Jukar and he said that he would take the job if we came in as his backroom team he did well, well, and I, I Michael, want to be director the, the... of methodology Michael, the big question would be, Scott Ingalls, do you have any tactical nous when it comes to football? Absolutely nothing. Uh, He's a Dunfermline fan, of course he doesn't. We're we're, we're screwed. We're going for me at the moment. Officially, glory days of gold have ruled themselves out of the running to be the next... Speak for yourself. Yeah, I was going to say speak for yourself. Well, the the AFT and soccer show is very much in the running. We will bring a, a Canadian flair since we are number 40 in the world now. I switched, you noticed I said we, I've moved away from being Scotland. You picked the wrong time to do that with the best Scotland yeah. team. Yeah, that. I know I never got a chance to, to jump on those shows to say it was fantastic watching that. Just sitting here, it's like, wow. I bumped into a Scottish person here. Um, I had a, my white caps hat on, seeing you as a football fan. And it's like, oh, did you watch the Scotland games? And it's like, yeah, and I, I was saying, it's amazing if we get back to World Cup because we always qualified when I was a kid. And he was like, I didn't know we used to be at World Cups and I was like we qualified every year but he's a young guy like to him that's just like non-existent crazy yes anyway that is pretty much it I think for this week's show well we'll just go around everyone if you've any final thoughts or anything that you've learned or anything you want to share where folk can find you let's start with Scott no I just uh, first of all I want to put on record my uh, thanks to Darren Young. He's been an absolute pleasure to work with for the last four years. Uh, and I, I genuinely mean that. Really good guy, really decent guy, and I hope he's back in soon. Uh, and I hope that whoever comes in can turn this around to East Fife. I think there is a good basic squad there, uh, players there in that squad. It's only a few points, a few wins, and you're back up. Uh, and hopefully you can turn that around. Douglas. Um exactly word for word what Scott said, apart from that I've not worked with Darren Young. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, um, in terms of, well, we said it before, in terms of football managers at East Fife, he's brought me some unbelievably amazing memories that I'll cherish as an East Fife fan until the day I die. So I hope he gets back in. I hope the board make a, the right appointment and hopefully we can turn it around because, you know, we always have hope. And in terms of getting me in social media, you can't. Can't, can't even get you in the country. You're just jet-setting <laughs> around at the moment. Lee, you are stuck in Glenorthis, but yeah. any but final thoughts? Not, not when I fly out to Fort Aventura on Thursday, I will not be... I'll oh, be I forgot you were going. <laughs> yes. Um, so I will miss the Banks OD game unless I manage to get it on stream, which I've just managed to actually just find on East Fife that we're going to be streaming the game. So excellent. I will catch that. Um, when I'm out there, but well, you'll be yeah, overseas, look, so you can also get the the East Five TV version. Absolutely, so that'll be great. And um, just going to echo what Kevin Smith said. I think it's really important that we all stick together. Like I say, apart from the, the few token idiots, um, there's um, been overwhelming 
coming together, East Fife fans, and, and passing on their best wishes to Darren. I've said it already, and, and I'll say it again. Thanks so much to Darren for, for everything that he did to East Fife. I've, you know, for the first time in my life, I've seen us win over the Rovers. Some some great, great memories. And of course, on uh, an inverted commas professional level, when he, he supported the podcast right from the early days and, and gave up his time to, to come on shows and chat to us. And even over WhatsApp and stuff, like, I, I couldn't really speak any higher of him as a guy. So he definitely goes for my best wishes. And wherever he goes, I'll look out for the results and, and hope he does well. In terms of social media, just find us Glory Days of Gold um, on Twitter. And yeah, thanks for, for listening as always, everyone. And your your ongoing support's been great. Thank you. Yeah, I would just echo all of that as well. I, Darren was a good guy. Hopefully he finds his feet. I'm sure he will. And as Lee said earlier, I'm pretty sure that we'll, we'll see him at a, a higher level in the game in, in future years to come. For him, it needs to be the right appointment next. For East Fife, it needs to be the right appointment next. And hopefully the board take their time. I like what Scott said, and he is right. They have been good with their appointments. They've they've made the right decision for the last few managers. So we've just got to, to trust them to do the same again. And whoever gets the job, I just urge everyone to, to give him a chance. Get behind him. And don't have negativity. If, if things don't go right in the early days, give him a chance to find his feet. Give the team a chance to to stamp it. He's got a whole transfer window coming ahead. We don't know what the budgets are like. We don't know who's going to be available. But you've just got to trust it. We're not in a good position just now. It looks like we could be going down. It can get much worse than that. The worst that can happen is we get relegated and we're in the relegation spot. So if we can lift that up and do better, let's hope for that. But that is it for this episode of Glory Days of Gold. We'll hopefully be back next weekend if Lee and myself do get a chance to, to watch the game. I'm planning on watching it because it's cup tie and I, I love my cup football, especially in non-league teams. So we'll watch your podcast feeds for that. Not sure what day we'll, we'll bring it out. Could be Sunday, could be Monday. Let us know your thoughts as well on social media at Glory Days of Gold. You can find me at AFT in Canada as well. Till next time, stay safe, take care, thanks for listening, and more the Fife! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>